This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. In this particular case, we are being rejoined by former guest Amy Opidisano. So who is Amy? Well, what I can tell you as the co-founder of the first publicly traded cannabis company in the USA, Amy is most definitely living fearlessly. This Spitfire entrepreneur is also one of the most generous philanthropists I personally know. Amy is a co-founder of TerraTech Corp, the first publicly traded cannabis company in the US. Before, she was on the ground floor of the legal cannabis revolution. Amy made her career in residential interior design and construction management. She first worked for several small firms before branching off on her own. As a real estate entrepreneur, Amy has successfully flipped more than 8 million in residential real estate, making a name for herself in Southern California for breathing life into homes that were otherwise unsellable. Her work has been published by several major blogs and has been featured in Architectural Digest Germany. Amy served on the board of directors for TerraTech Corp from 2012 to 2017 and is one of the first female founders of a publicly traded cannabis company. In 2018, Amy used her position in the marketing department at Bloom to focus on promotions that encourage social responsibility while giving back to the community. Amy has organized activations that collected supplies for victims of the wildfires in California, donated a portion of sales to commemorate the Las Vegas shooting victims, and passed out hundreds of pounds of meat at the holidays for local families in need. Under her leadership, Loom has also been an active participant in local pride events, art shows, street fairs, the Women's March, and the launch of Mission Green, a nonprofit working to aid nonviolent cannabis offenders. While her focus, drive, and passion in the professional world for the last several years has been in cannabis, she has recently branched out on her own once again to launch an entirely new endeavor in the wellness space. As a wife and mother, Amy has focused her drive and passion in business based on her personal journey towards holistic wellness with a specific focus on education and accessibility. 
Amy, I want to re-welcome you back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, my friend. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back. Well, it's such an honor and a privilege. We had such a great time the first go around and you're such a spitfire. We truly had to bring you back because what's transpired between the first initial interview and where we sit currently and you being back on the airwaves today is phenomenal. So I would like for you to share with the listening audience what some of those updates are, what has transpired and where people can find you in terms of what it is you're going to be sharing. So ultimately, I'm kind of here to promote a book opportunity that I was very lucky to receive actually because of you, Lisa, making an introduction. And I helped co-author a book about success alongside Jim Britt Mm -hmm. and a few other very savvy entrepreneurs who are sort of just imparting their advice on everyone else who's looking to jump into entrepreneurship and what is that journey about. And I felt like, you know, as I examined my experience with entrepreneurship, I felt like my message was very different than I think people would expect from a book called Cracking the Rich Code. Um, Mm. So I'd love to kind of just chat with you about, you know, what I learned about myself on that journey and what I put into my chapter to sort of help other entrepreneurs along the way. Well, you're very welcome. And I certainly wasn't going to plug myself with regards to that uh, contact, but thank you for saying that. Uh, So yeah, Cracking the Rich Code is a phenomenal series. Jim Britt, who you've mentioned by name, he's incredible. He's also been showcased as a guest here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. And what's wonderful about that book, it's it's Jim Britt in concert with Kevin Harrington and the book being endorsed by the one and only Tony Robbins. So huge, huge opportunity. And I would absolutely love for you to share with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers, Amy, what have you specifically wrote about in your chapter without giving too much away? Because of course we want people uh, to go find it and to go purchase it, download it, upload it, whatever the case may be. So I think the biggest thing that I learned about myself through my journey was how to change my perspective on adversity whether that be in business, whether that be from upbringing. Um, I've met some incredible people along the way, too, who have faced tremendous amounts of adversity in their personal lives or business. And I think the most successful people are those who can really actually take everything that may seem like a negative on the surface, that may potentially cause someone else to quit and give up. If you look at those things from a position of gratitude and think everything that seems negative at the time is actually there to teach you something, whether that's about yourself, whether that's about your experience. And to me, I sort of felt like at the end of the day, I became rich through my process of entrepreneurship by what I've gained internally. It's not about an external material wealth that could come and go, you know, whether the economy is up or down or things like that. And I think the most important thing is to have that on the inside, because if you do and you develop those skill sets and, you know, the tenacity to keep going, you know that you will always be successful in your life because you're building yourself as your tool for richness. Bingo. 
Bingo. And you said quite a few things there that I want to further unpack for the benefit of the listening audience and the podcast subscribers, because yes, you and I have spoken and we, we both subscribe to this wholeheartedly, uh, Amy. It, you know, everything is an inside job, whether you're talking about business, whether you're talking about leadership, whether you're talking about uh, mindset, all of those things, in order for people to glean on the outside what it is that you've honed or you've mastered for yourself, you first and foremost have had to fundamentally do that, uh, the inner work that makes that even possible. So that things, as you cited, like the economy, aren't contingent. Your ability to, you know, persevere and to be relentless is not going to hinge on external factors that are always going to be out of our control anyway. But what is within our control is what you've done in the background to make sure and to ensure that regardless of what's going on in the outside world, it doesn't have to trip you up and it doesn't have to dictate where you go in life on the trajectory of where it is you say you want to go. The other thing that you said that was absolutely brilliant is that, and and like you, Amy, I don't know anybody who is so-called successful who hasn't had a lot of adversity in their lives in which to overcome and choosing to overcome as opposed to succumbing to victimology because it is truly a choice. So for the benefit of the listening audience so that they know what your personal relationship is with adversity, what are some of the things that you personally or professionally or both have had to overcome in which to be on the trajectory of where you currently are and continue to go? So we've certainly had our business hiccups that everybody is familiar with, but a topic that I focused fairly heavily on in my chapter is the bullying that I experienced in junior high. And it was very hard for me to write about that and be that open and vulnerable with an audience of people I don't know. But I also feel like vulnerability is so important because it's easy to look at someone that you don't know or see someone at their successful peak and think, oh, it must have been easy for them or they have something I don't have or I had this issue and that's what's held me back is to be open and honest about what our lives have contained and what those issues may have been and for people to just not feel alone in, you know, what they've experienced. And I think, you know, hearing someone be honest is it validates other people's stories. And I think that, you know, feeling validated and feeling like what you have experienced is normal. It's part of life and it's, you can move on from it was really my motivating factor in sharing that. And that was, you know, something that in my formative years through seventh and eighth grade was very impactful upon my personality about how I related to people. I, you know, became very shy, very introverted for a long time. And it took, you know, starting this business to sort of force me out of that because it's not an option to be shy when you're the leader of a publicly traded company. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I guess in hindsight, I'm able to look back at the strength that that situation gave me. And, you know, obviously we see a lot of kids being bullied these days in school and it's such a cliche to say, oh, it'll be over soon or, you know, you'll get through it. But that really is true. And once you realize the world is so much bigger than what you're experiencing and that it is possible to move past and be anything that you want to be and you don't have to, like you said, let that make you feel like a victim or keep you down. Beautiful. Well, again, you mentioned a couple of other things that I think are worth noting. Um, So, you know, 
like you, I also agree that vulnerability is a strength. It's not a weakness. And I think in today's day and age, culture-wise, when we talk about leadership, when we talk about transparency, when we talk about authenticity, you know, the people who tend to put themselves out there the most and talk about the things that have been historically uh, difficult, uh, in some cases maybe humiliating, uh, some things that could be re-triggering. Uh, what we do when we do that, Amy, which is one of the many reasons for why I love you, is by putting yourself out there and sharing very candidly and very openly and, and very rawly what you've gone through, you therefore have given other people the permission in which to do so. Because when people can see that they can relate to you and, and, and that you're identifiable, you're relatable, that entrusts um, a certain level of instantaneous trust that people otherwise won't necessarily feel apt to wanting to forge or bridge with other people, right? When people come across as everything in my life is roses, or even though you and I as entrepreneurs behind the scenes know that not everything is a resounding yes or a bullseye, oftentimes things go south very quickly. Sometimes we're at the helm of having to rely on third-party people to be as professionally ethical as what we are or as reliable, and they're not. Uh, and we're left being conscientious, wanting to pick up the slack and hold the ball going forward because we don't want to disappoint people. And we also know that our word is, is, is gold in the industry in terms of credibility and legitimacy. So for the ways in which you continue to be vulnerable, Amy, I just want to say kudos to you. Um, I think what you're doing is absolutely phenomenal and very impactful and valuable in the space uh, because no doubt you have really set the stage and set the tone for other people and probably shaved off a lot of headache and a lot of uh, unnecessary wasted time going, well, if Amy can do it, so then can I. So thank you for being a trailblazer in that domain. Of course. And um, I also think something that sort of came up for me as you were talking and something that I didn't write about in the chapter, but a mindset piece that I used to hold myself back with was trying to find some single identity. And what I've realized as entrepreneurs is that it's okay to give yourself permission to have your hand in multiple things. And I think that's, you know, it's taken me a while to sort of accept that, but that I have multiple passions and that it's okay to continue to pursue things, even if it seems somewhat disjointed and all over the place, you know, to be flipping houses and then working in the cannabis industry and, you know, <laughs> starting something new. It's, it, it used to think like, maybe I'm doing, doing too much, or maybe I really need to choose a focus. And I've just sort of learned that, you know, listening to your gut and just going for it. And like you said, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this singular focus. I think if you follow anything and all things that you're passionate about, if you're truly passionate, you will be mm -hmm. successful in those things. Well, bingo. I absolutely believe in that. And further to what you just said, which I think is so important, Amy, is, you know, like, the thing is, too, when you're an entrepreneur, chances are you're a serial entrepreneur, which means because of your innovation, because of your creativity, because of your aspirations, there are a lot of things that entrepreneurs, and not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur, not everybody can maintain the longevity of being an entrepreneur, because what we come to find out very quickly is that you might start off in one direction, but when there's a lot of different things that can fall under the umbrella of what it is that you represent, and it's all indicative of 
you know, one blending well and merging with the other. Yes. I mean, we're not one dimensional people. We have multifaceted interests and, and different layers and levels of who we are that we want to bring to market or that we want to share with the world because we don't just necessarily have one particular skill set or one particular gift or one particular passion. So the fact that you have been very um, self-aware and you're very astute in taking a look at, okay, what are my transferable skills and how can I make that work for me? And knowing that what works for you is by and large what ends up helping and working for the collective right absolutely that's a strength that's a strength and yes it does require one to be vulnerable um, because particularly when you're talking about the inception of the journey with anything you're endeavoring or embarking upon to do as an entrepreneur, none of us have a crystal ball. We can't project necessarily regardless of our manifestation, our visualization uh, capabilities or who we've mentored up with, who we're getting um, you know, tangible sound advice from uh, in terms of peers and colleagues. At the end of the day, we're holding the ball. And so we're the ones that have to carry this out through actionable steps. We're the ones who have to hold true to holding the vision, even if other people can't see the vision that we hold for ourselves. Um, so there's a lot of risk even involved in that, right? A lot of people think, okay, let's just go with the barometer of if you're not still in business after five years, that being the magical number for uh, success, then you're dead in the water. And, and that's not true. That's not true. So I think what you've done, I think what you've cultivated for yourself, and I think the way that you believe in yourself is absolutely beautiful. And I wish more people could go and do the work, go deep within themselves and realize that it is their birthright to shine and, and to emit all of this to the collective, knowing we all stand to benefit from each other's skills and talents. And I think the way that people who may be struggling could sort of achieve that, as you sort of touched on, you know, manifesting what you want out of life, something I have done repeatedly is when I, when I do have something that feels like a success, and a success doesn't have to be something huge, and any mm -hmm. little thing that makes you feel good, that makes you feel like you accomplished something is a success. And if you take that success and look at what happened to get to that point, Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be the person that you are that was able of achieving that success without every single step along that path. So I think that there's a lot of focus on, you know, manifesting our dreams these days and positive thinking and all of that. But I think that you can think positively about negative experiences and it isn't where you're not dwelling on that experience, but without some of those experiences, you just wouldn't be who you are. And I think, you know, if we're glossing over and trying to look at things from just a purely positive rose-colored glasses type of lens, I think a lot of people want to ignore things that may seem negative, but they just don't always have to be perceived as negative experiences, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very crucial point, and I appreciate you having mentioned that. And the other thing that you said, too, that I think is really important to impress upon for the benefit of the listening audience and the podcast subscribers is we all define success very differently. And it doesn't have to be something monumental, as you said, and it could be something incremental. It could be something small, but all the small things eventually add up and become big things. And so, you know, whether success is redefining or asserting your boundaries or saying no versus always saying yes or saying yes when you've always typically said no because you're so inclined 
based on where you might be within your journey in terms of confidence, self-worth, all of that, where you're scared to play big. So it's safe and more comfortable for people to play small. So success could be a whole myriad of all those things. It could be, you know, really, um, really highlighting the importance of self-care because as you know as an entrepreneur and being a a mother being a a wife being all of these things uh you know we're carrying a lot of balls in the air juggling constantly wearing a lot of hats uh and we tend to just go 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 and it's hard to put the brakes on because most people are reliant upon us to make sure that we get this going And I think any time that I get to that point where I realize that I'm giving and giving and giving and I'm not refueling, Mm -hmm. I always think of the speech on the airplane with the oxygen mask. And you're not going to be able to give if you have nothing left to give. So the self-care aspect is so important. And I think a lot of times we feel guilty taking that time out, but if you don't do that and you're working from a depleted mind, that's not good either. And I think, you know, it's really important to enjoy the journey of your success. It's not all about where you're trying to go or the destination, because once you've done something like that and you look back at it, what were the highlights? What were the peaks and valleys? And those are the things that stand out in your mind. And those are the things that make you who you are. Now I know that so many of my valleys, made me strong. They Mm -hmm. made me empathetic. They made me care about other people when I always have cared about other people, but it makes you be able to put yourself in other people's shoes the more you experience, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think, you know, the more thoughtful that you can be, the more authentic that you will be with people and that will resonate in your business as well, that authenticity and, you know, if you're doing something that you're passionate about and it's not just about money at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, then, the journey is going to be just as valuable and the people that you meet along the way will become some of your dearest friends. And so just sort of focusing on every step of the way, what are those small successes so that you are stopping in the moment, appreciating the journey and not getting to the end and looking back, not having enjoyed any of that. Beautiful. Well, if we revisit going back to cracking the rich code, your, your chapter contribution, um, you know, and, and of course, when we air all this and launch all this, there's going to be the link that's attached to it. But do you happen to know offhand where people can get their hands on this? Because for what you've described for who you are, being super inspirational, even for myself, Amy, I, I know people are going to be chomping at the bit to want to know where they can get their hands on Cracking the Rich Code and particularly your chapter. So do you have that information at your disposal or is that something we just need to rely upon when we upload? Um, When we upload, I'll be able to give you a link to purchase um, my cover, and um, it will also be available on Amazon. And the last uh, version of this book became an Amazon international bestseller, um, and they do believe that this one is on track to do the same. Um, And it's great because there are unique perspectives from multiple entrepreneurs. So this is my perspective, but you know, you will learn something from each person in the book. And I think, you know, putting all of these different perspectives together is mm-hmm. extremely valuable. And I think we're at this point in, in our lives where content is everywhere. We're constantly bombarded with content, um, conferences, things that we can go and, you know, feel better and get motivated. But what I've noticed is 
a lot of the content and advice that's being doled out is surface level, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to business. There's a lot of, you know, motivational and inspirational type of stuff, but there's also a need for just the how. How did you do this? And yes. how did you get through a particularly low moment? How did you handle this point A to B? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what can be very valuable about hearing from all of these different people. Learn from their mistakes and don't make the same ones <laughs> we all do. Yes. You know, um, you certainly everyone will make mistakes and everyone will have their lessons. But you know, I've always been an avid reader, and I think that reading is so important and so valuable to just shifting your perspective to constantly learning. Why would you not try to glean as much information as you can from some of the brightest minds in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so you said something, too, that I, I, you know, I'd like to know more about that in terms of how it relates to you specifically, Amy. So what is your how-to? And maybe the answer is different for any individual set of circumstances for anything adversarial or anything challenging, adversity-wise, that you've had to overcome maybe each situation is as posed a different how-to tactic um but do you have something generically speaking that has worked for you in terms of staying on the straight and narrow or not tripping yourself up or not buying into the external noise that can trip us up so for me personally a lot of it does come down to the self-care and i think Mm -hmm. i spent many years where I felt obligated to be give, give, give all the time, whether it was to family, to work, and I would go all in and not take care of myself. So I have a routine that I need to do every single day in order to keep myself in my right mindset and to keep, you know, my um, even keeled emotions and things like that. So I wake up in the morning I love to take a few deep breaths. I have an affirmation that I say to myself each morning um, after I get my kids ready and off to school because that's always the mad dash, I'm sure you know. (laughs) So it's much easier for me to take care of myself after they're out of the house. Um, So it definitely needs to involve exercise at least three times a week just to keep my energy. Um, I have certain vitamins that I take every day to totally take care of myself and my body physically and emotionally. And then in the evenings, I know most people like to say they meditate in the morning. I like to do my affirmation in the morning. I actually prefer to meditate in the evening at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. And so I meditate almost every day and just quiet, dark. That's what works for me. Sometimes I use an app. Sometimes I just sit and do what feels good. Or sometimes I listen to music. Um, It just sort of depends on what what I feel like I need that day. Mm -hmm. But, you know, those are things that if I had implemented 10 years ago, I think I would have had a lot easier time weathering some of the challenging storms. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, you know, I I talked about our bankruptcy in that book, and that was probably the single most devastating and humiliating experience of my life and the most humbling. I was pregnant with my second child. It was terrifying. And Anytime now that I get worried or stressed out about something, I'm actually able to think about that experience and that I completely rebounded from it. And it's one of those things where if you sort of replay all of the things that you actually rebounded from and came out better Mm -hmm. when you start to feel fear, that really reduces and eliminates fear. And fear is going to be the single largest thing that trips you up. So I think, you know, between those two tactics of self-care 
and of just reminding yourself of all the times you picked yourself back up. And sometimes I do that with music. I have a playlist that makes me feel really amped up and powerful that will help me on days like that, or just, you know, kind of running through a little mantra in your head about I did this and I picked myself up. This happened and I picked myself up. I also love to follow certain people on social media that I find motivating. And, um, you know, there are quite, quite a few who have had far more adverse situations than me that have a smile on their faces every single day and are out there motivating others with their challenging life circumstances. So all of those little things can really add up and put you in the right mindset for success as well. Fantastic, Amy. And so, you know, it's always interesting because the viewpoint or the perception or the opinion uh, that others hold of us, and I'm talking about it more from the the positive framework, not the negative, because we know that the naysayers and the critics are always going to exist, unfortunately. But, you know, to the degree that we choose to give that uh, focus, that's on us, and I choose not to. So going from a positive framework, you know, sometimes when I'm interviewing people, uh, you know, the things that people find most stand out about you in this particular case are not necessarily the things that you would identify as what you think should or does stand out about yourself. So even though people find you truly inspirational, particularly as a, as an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneurial woman, um, what would you say whether looking from a bird's eye view or just comfortably knowing yourself comfortably to be forthcoming with your answer, Amy, what are you most proud of? Or what are you most surprised about yourself in terms of your own evolution, your own growth, um, your own fortitude? What most sticks out in your mind looking at the whole journey of you as a woman, as a mother, as a successful businesswoman? What stands out most that you go, oh my gosh, like... That is pretty phenomenal. Or, yeah, I can't believe I overcame that. What stands out as your most redeeming qualities, characteristics uh, that you use to measure your own growth? I would say the one that I'm most proud of, and I think that the people who do know me and the people who have worked with or for me would say is kindness. Mm -hmm. I was raised to treat everyone the same, whether they're the CEO or all the way, you know, down to the door person. Um, And I've never lost that. And I've never, on the other side, never grown bitter Mm -hmm. over adversity or challenges or, you know, I mean, we've, we have certainly suffered our fair share of, of negativity and naysaying. And, you know, it's not something that I've ever allowed to change my perception or my opinion of how I interact with people or how I deal with people. I think it's important to me that I treat people with the same amount of respect that I expect in return. Not everyone Mm -hmm. is going to give that back to you, but that doesn't mean that you need to stoop and be the same way. I think it's more important for yourself to, you know, continue being who you are and true to yourself. And I think any allowing of those things to affect your thought process or your behavior is sort of lowering your vibration as a person. And so that's sort of always where I go is that, you know what, it's more important to me to take the high road than to get caught up in any of this negativity. And I think, you know, that's probably what I'm most proud of. And I think I also get 
a lot of feedback that my children are very kind from other parents, from teachers. I have really heavily focused on empathy with them and they're great with other kids, especially younger kids and animals. Um, and that's just something that I think the world could use a little bit more of is kindness and empathy. And if we all did that as parents, we could have a pretty amazing next generation of adults in business and leadership. Absolutely. Lovely. Lovely. So would that then be your same answer, kindness, in terms of if I were to then ask you, Amy, as a follow-up, um, when we talk about legacy, what would you hope to be most recognized or remembered for long after your time here in the here and now in the material world, the physical world has come to an end? Well, that does kind of tie into the next business venture. And I, I won't say too, too much about that, but it is something that's focused on helping parents um, mm-hmm. with children, especially children in the neurodiverse community. My children uh, both have been diagnosed with sensory processing disorder, and I learned a lot through the uh, therapies and things that we did to help them. And what I have learned is that a lot of behavioral issues that we see in children are actually rooted in a physical cause. And people want to discipline their children for these behaviors, but you cannot discipline away a physical problem. Mm. Um, So my passion is really for, you know, educating and getting parents some tools for helping their children solve for these physical issues so that their children can be on a more even keel. You can't emotionally regulate when you're dealing with sensory processing or autism spectrum disorder. And so, you know, these therapies and things are very important for helping them physically so that they can start to regulate. The reason that I have a passion for that does tie into the kindness and the empathy, because I have seen through the the therapy we've done with my children, how much it has improved our quality of life at home. If you have a better quality of life at home with your children, you're going to have a better relationship with them well into adulthood. It's going to serve them with their self-esteem, especially at school. You know, these kids may be suffering from ADD or ADHD, if you can give them tools that doesn't degrade their self-esteem or the way that they feel about themselves or the way that they're being perceived by others or being reacted to by others because of inappropriate behaviors, I think overall you're going to have adults who enter their young adulthood feeling very whole and very fulfilled and not having to go back and do damage repair from childhood trauma that was actually mm-hmm. rooted in a physical problem. Um, so I would love everyone to kind of keep an eye on me as I develop this out over the next year or so and launch a whole new platform. And I will definitely would love to be back talking about it with you, Lisa. Oh, you're say. always welcome here. You know that you've got such a very, you've got a powerful message with everything that you endeavor to do. Um, and the kindness is really underscored in your philanthropy as well. And those are just some of the things that got highlighted in uh, the top of the hour when I was mentioning your bio. But being who you are, there's all kinds of things undoubtedly that you've done um, with anonymity attached to it, things that you do, you know, in your community, probably in your smaller circles, um, that that's just so innately a part of who you are that it's not even, you don't even talk about it. It doesn't even necessarily get mentioned. 
Um, and I've certainly come to know that about you in the time that we've been together. You've only ever been kind to me. And so uh, as somebody who really goes on record as talking about that being pivotal for who they they characterize themselves to be, you've only ever exhibited that and demonstrated that towards me. And I'm sure there's, you know, tons of people who have been in your path, both personally and professionally, who would have no qualms being able to equally attest to that. Uh, you're just, you're a lovely human being. And uh, no doubt for what you just described about your children there and how this segues into some of what's yet to come, call it a startup, call it another branch of business, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, th- this is tentacles and, and it, it, it's all aspects of your life. Kindness underscores everything as well as your inherent sense of gratitude. And I've really come to appreciate that about you. That makes you stand out from a lot of other people, Amy. So please know that uh, that doesn't go unrecognized by me. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, you know, if I could be remembered for using my skills in business to make a positive impact on society, children, families, I will be very happy with my life at the end of the day. And I think, you know, the the lessons I learned over the last 10 years in my first business will serve me very well in the next one and will, you know, I think afford me the ability to accelerate the success and the success of that, that business really being the success of children and families who are able to use my tool to help improve their lives. Well, and I think it's important too. I mean, I've talked about this extensively uh, ever since I've done radio for the last five years, but it was something that was very important to me in my uh, previous vocation uh, in social services is, you know, the soft skills, you know, we're starting to see a decline or a decrease or a desensitization with soft skills. And I've always talked about that being the most crucial set of skills for not only people to embody, but for people to exemplify, for people to personify. Um, Because, you know, you can teach people different skill sets, but at the end of the day, you can't teach somebody uh, how to be kind. You either are or you're not. And certainly if somebody has more exposure to people like yourself, Amy, where you are the the breathing, walking, talking example, then people can go, oh, I, I would like to be more like her because that makes me feel good to be on the receiving end of Amy's kindness. So we certainly do learn by example, and it's certainly very important to be surrounded by like-minded people when it comes to those types of personal qualities and characteristics, which do blend well in the business world. But, you know, let's talk a little bit more about soft skills. Like, do you see it as a bit of a dying art here, (laughs) for lack of a better word or term? I think that our society has valued or, you know, has had a different set of values for a, a long period of time. And I think that you know, as women, we do bring a lot of that into the workplace. And I think, you know, we're at a time where women are starting to, you know, have these same careers and same respect and roles as men in the workplace. And I do believe that that's why, you know, women are very successful, because I think we see a balance between, you know, feminine and masculine energies, and are able to incorporate both in the workplace. And, Mm -hmm. You know, I think where in the past it's been very valued to be more aggressive, to be tough, to not show emotion, um, 
you know, I, when we're talking about this, I just keep thinking of Mad Men. I don't know if you ever watched that series, but you can sort of see how different yeah. life was just 50 or 60 years ago in the workplace. And, um, and I recently had the great pleasure to attend a female business conference in um, Los Angeles. And they had MasterCard there talking about female entrepreneurship and why they invest in that. And they talked about this and said that female-run businesses actually are growing at a very rapid rate compared to their male peers because women are typically choosing a business that has a purpose or cause. And they also said that women were typically a little more cautious or less aggressive with certain decisions because they were not as focused on money and they were more focused on the ethos of their business. And so I think that that does speak to that softness coming in and being a skill set and being an asset for people in business. And, you know, it's certainly not something that's exclusive to women. I just think it's more natural for women. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and, and, you know, it's, I think it's always important and it's very telling, you know, it speaks volumes to me, the people who don't forget to say thank you, or the people who reciprocate resources, or the people who aren't afraid, as you did in the opening of the conversation. I mean, I certainly had no expectations of you attributing your contribution to cracking the rich code back to me. I mean, I don't need to have my name attached to anything. Um, but you do that. And I think it's important that people don't forget to do that. Um, because I think sometimes, again, when we're talking about vulnerability, I think some people are scared to say, oh, I received this opportunity uh, as a result of so-and-so. And being able to comfortably give people the credit without thinking it somehow uh, is a bit of a stain on you, like you wouldn't otherwise be empowered enough, or you're not in the know enough, or you're not in the loop enough, or, you know, you don't have uh, equally as great of a resource or a network base, you know, so I just, I think, as nurturers too, as women, particularly those of us who do have children, and we understand the importance of raising a generation of empathetic souls, uh, and people who do know how to pay it forward and to be of service and why that's so crucial for all aspects of life. Um, you know, I, I think soft skills, going back to what you said, it, it is so important. And I think there's no, because I don't believe in coincidences, there's no coincidence to some of the stats that you're citing or referencing. Um, because as women, you know, we all want to be part of the win-win scenario. We all want to be part of propping each other up. And for people like leaders who truly understand we're not in competition with other people, we're only ever truly in competition with ourselves, it's okay to give other people the pat on the back. It's okay to give other people the credit. It's okay to say thank you. It's okay to circle back with people. And I think oftentimes in the world of business, people forget to do that. Right. It comes down to insecurity or something. Yeah. And I think in general, the reason that, you know, that is where my mindset lies is one, if you want to receive something, you absolutely need to be willing to give first. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, being generous and sharing credit or resources or referrals is the first step into receiving those things. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, when you have a mindset of scarcity or trying to hold on to things, just naturally, the way that your life is going to unfold is going to reflect that mindset. And I think it's worked very well for me 
to have that mindset of being giving, of being willing to be open, of being willing to share. And I get that in return from people, um, including you. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, it's, it's really the gift that keeps on giving. And, and, you know, it's counterintuitive not to, whether you're talking personal or business, right? The more you feel like you've got to hoard or you've got to control things or you've got to be at the helm all the time of governing or navigating who gets what resource or, you know, it, it, if we're here, to embrace each other, not only as successful entrepreneurs, uh, but as human beings. And, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And we know that we're all working with different skill sets, different resources, et cetera. Then I think it's another dimension aspect of leadership. It's knowing that people don't know what they don't know and don't put people in a position to have to ask or go beg. You know, if you see a good synergistic fit with two people who otherwise wouldn't know each other, go connect the dots, make that happen for them. And if it forges into something uh, that produces like a great collaboration, partnership, a product, a service or whatever, then that's great. We all stand to benefit. The whole planet stands to benefit from everybody's reciprocity. I completely agree. So as somebody who continues to remain staunchly committed to that, which you do, Amy, I want to say thank you. Because again, when we reference soft skills, these are the things that unfortunately I start to see going down the wrong side of the pendulum in terms of the slippery slope um, where, you know, people start to question or they get uh, pessimistic or they get a little bit jaded when we talk about leadership or we talk about CEOs or we talk about startups or we talk about whatever. Um, you know, it's like people start going into hunger game mode, you know, like you don't have to do yeah. that. You don't have to do that. There's a plenty to go around. And Absolutely. like you said, I think, you know, we, we all benefit from, from sharing those things. And, you know, I mean, how much benefit we have received from all business owners in our society, especially with the advent of technology, you know, I mean, the fact that I can get anything I want on auto ship delivered to my door has made mm -hmm. my life so much easier. You know, that's one small uh, facet of our life that think about, you know, those people have built those businesses, they received support. So support your friends, you never know what benefit will come back to you for that as well. And making connections for people and making society better as a whole. Absolutely. Well, there's no downside. It's good synergy. It's good karma. It's good everything. Um, mm -hmm. So being cognizant of time, Amy, I, I want to give you an opportunity for people who are really enthralled, who perhaps had the opportunity to hear you the first time, but they're enamored by what they're now hearing the second time. You've inspired them. Uh, they feel that there might be a good synergistic fit in which to further connect with you. Uh, or they want to know more about Cracking the Rich Code, or they want to come across your book, whatever it is you feel you want to share, how can people best connect with you? I would love to be connected with on either Instagram, which is just my name, Amy underscore Opetisano, and LinkedIn, same, mm -hmm. just my name, um, and just send me a direct message. And I'm very responsive on both of those platforms, and I would love to connect with anyone who is interested in the book. Um, I share a lot of my design work on my Instagram page. So anyone who loves interior design, I do a lot of before and afters, things like that. So that's a great place to follow me. And anyone who, you know, is passionate about, you know, what I spoke about earlier with my next business venture, serving the neurodiverse community, whether you're a parent, 
therapists in that in that industry, um, you know, people who are passionate about that, send me a message. I'd love to talk and you know see if there's any way we could collaborate. Beautiful. So in terms of your contribution to Cracking the Rich Code, is there anything else that's maybe further giving you an itch to write more? Because um, you're a good writer. Is there anything else that you're you. dabbling with or endeavoring to write about, whether it be a compilation book or something, you know, that's solely yours? Have you thought about that? Because I think you could. Uh, I actually pre- did. Mm-hmm. And when I was writing about my story, and it was it was very interesting when I sat down to write my chapter because I never thought that I would start writing about my bullying. Like that was a very um, obviously long ago experience. But when I really sat and thought about how have I had the tenacity to go through everything that we've gone through and the cannabis industry just being, you know, everything is like 10 times more challenging just because you can't have goods and services, things like that. And I thought, how did I do that for 10 years? And I really realized like that experience of being bullied and I did not have one single friend at school for seventh and eighth grade. And it Mm. made me tough and resilient. Mm -hmm. And I was able to develop my own sense of who I was without being caught up in the social constructs of what people thought about me or what have you. I I just had no choice but to sort of do my own thing. And I really realized how impactful that was for me and that I turned it into this very positive attribute about my personality. And I thought that that could be a very interesting compilation book. So if you are a successful entrepreneur who could attribute a bullying experience to how, you know, tough and resilient you are today or your good qualities or that inspired you to do something positive for other people because it gave you more empathy, whatever. I would love to do a book like that because I think that would be very valuable for young people. And that would be to me a target audience of, you know, teenagers, college students who maybe just recently have gone through this to understand truly what can be on the other side of those experiences. So if anyone thinks that's a good idea, hit me up. Oh, I I'd do. I'm very interested. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm actually very excited and very jazzed because I didn't know until I asked that question, I didn't know that that was something you were dabbling with or contemplating, but to know that you are, I think that's a win-win for everybody because that is such a hot topic. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be a topic that ever completely goes away. Right. I mean, whether we're talking about cyberbullying, whether we're talking about it affecting all demographics. I mean, it affects people who are successful, just everybody. Right. It's almost like in some cases you can't win for losing, even in the case of people who try to productively make something of their lives or the people who step into living fearlessly. You get ridiculed for that right? You're too busy honing your own craft, but there's still people who can find fault with you. I mean, you can be the philanthropist that you are and people are still going to find, because you must have an agenda for that, right, Amy? You must have an agenda for being kind. (laughs) And it is, it it is human nature, I think. And, you know, there's just, like you said, it's probably never going to go away. And it's something that, you know, hurt people are the ones who are out there hurling insults and trying to hurt other people. So if we start talking about, I'm such a, I like to fix things from the root. And, you know, again, kind of going back to like helping children before they get to this age of where they feel hurt and start lashing out and trying to hurt other people, 
you know, that kind of can mitigate some of it. But we do just have to be resilient as humans to not allowing that to, pull, to entirely pull us off course. But that's very hard to see when you're a mm-hmm. young person and you're not on the other side of it. And everyone just tells you it'll be over with someday. It'll be over with someday. But I think, again, having sort of the meat and potatoes of what that looks like for someone who has gotten past it, what they did with their lives. Someone that was very inspirational to me when I was dealing with that was Christina Aguilera because she Mm. was very open and talked about the bullying that she received. And she's had a very long, very phenomenal lasting career. Mm -hmm. And again, in a very challenging industry. And I would imagine that, you know, that bullying stuff made her stronger. It really did. And, um, and I think hearing stories from multiple people that have experienced this could be very impactful for young people. Well, now that I know that this is, uh, you know, where you're going, I'll send you my little write up or whatever you want. Cause I've got my own situations that unfortunately involve bullying. Um, so yeah, I mean, anything I can do to get whatever you're wanting to write off the ground, I would, it would be an honor and a pleasure to be part of that. Um, and I'm glad that you opened that up for the listening audience and the podcast subscribers for anybody who's listening, who wants to get behind that initiative. I think that's phenomenal because we are stronger when we're unified in the voice and in the message, uh, and getting that out there to the masses and to the collective. Uh, so that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, and what you said too, in terms of you like to go to the root of the problem. Well, not surprising to hear that Amy, because you are very proactive and you are very solution focused. You're not a reactionary person. You're very much okay, how do we, how do we strategize? How do we maneuver? How do we navigate? And how do we do it in a way that's intuitive as opposed to counterintuitive? Um, so you're very thoughtful in your thinking. Uh, you're very thoughtful in terms of being an introspective person. Um, and, uh, I just want to say that it's, it's an honor and a pleasure not only to have had your time here with the international listeners and the podcast subscribers once again you've been generous with your time not once now but twice uh but just for showing up in the world as the human being that you are for not being jaded for not being pessimistic in spite of some of your uh unfortunate experiences with bullying being on the outside ridicule adversity etc the fact that you've you know maintained that bright aura of yours and using it for good, I just want to say good on you because that in itself can be the biggest challenge of all. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you you, again for having me back. So, well, it's it's been, it's been an honor. So again, being cognizant of time, I'd like to give you the opportunity one last time before we say cheerio here, Amy, where can people reach out to you? Where can people connect with you? So Instagram would be Amy, A-M-Y underscore Opedisano. That's O-P-P-E-D-I-S-A-N-O. And on LinkedIn, I'm also Amy Opedisano. Fantastic. And you really unpacked a lot here. Everything you said had value. It had merit. It had uh, a lot of inspiration. But if there was one particular takeaway that you hope resonated the most out of this conversation today with the Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald listeners and podcast subscribers, what would you hope that that would be, Amy? I think I would hope that it, it was about the kindness and the abundance that can come back to you by sharing and giving to others. And I think that every small act of kindness uh, ripples out 
and has an impact that sometimes you don't even realize. You may be admired by someone that you had no clue was looking at you and thinking you are such a nice person. How can I be more like you? Or you are such a nice person. Now I'm going to turn around and be a nice person. And just, you know, sharing your resources, sharing your gifts with the world, because we are all better together and we can all rise together if we help each other. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I want to say congratulations once again on cracking the rich code. I want to say congratulations on the yumminess that you're embarking upon, which I look forward to finding out more about, as I'm sure the listeners and the podcast subscribers are equally interested too. So again, you always have an open standing invitation to come back uh, for a third time if you wish. Uh, I thank you for the gift of your time. I thank you for showing up in this world for being exactly who you are, Amy. You are a true gift to all of us. And to the listening audience, I want to thank you very much for the gift of your time for joining myself and Amy here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I, too, am very clear on what my purpose is. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I want to wish you a fantastic, safe weekend. Love and gratitude to all of you and to you as well, Amy. Take care all my best hey this is al cole from cbs radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald's corporate sponsors helton honda forever and aha that Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own shero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.